shit man. all along all if I was along. brave enough to put a dick in my mouth <laughs> so, so, brave. that's and what I've been saying I was brave enough to put a dick in my mouth What up guys, this is Diogo Motara here with the Dark Hour Podcast. Today we have episode number 12. Today, if you're watching video, you you will probably notice that I don't have the same outfit. Or maybe not, maybe I'm just paranoid with that shit. But I don't have the same outfit now as I had on the interview. I was gonna wear that yellow hoodie and the reason for that is because I need a fucking haircut. But my girl did me the favor of wearing that yellow hoodie today without letting me know, so I had to bring a hat. Shout out Action Bronson. I got that Mr. Wonderful hat. If you go deep enough on my personal Instagram, you see pictures that I have with his cousin Big Body Bugatti from when they were in town. By town, I'm in Oslo. Yeah, it's a picture of those times where I used to be a little bit more chubby with long hair, you know. Not times that I'm proud of, but times that actually existed, so I kept that memory around, I think. And now that I think about it, my personal Instagram, um, I love to play this game. Actually, I can't play that game anymore because that game I can only play when I have a private account. And now I switched my account to business, you know, because I saw this Swedish chef. uh, He had this little gray thing saying chef and I wanted to have the same and you can only like be in a category if if you're a business. So I just put myself up as a business. You know, I opened myself up for business. And I want to have that little grating underneath my name that says chef. Uh, I don't know, just to put it out there. And also, if uh, someone else wants to pay me an exorbitant amount of money for me to go in their backyard and flip some burgers and cook some other subpar products, uh, then they know that I'm a chef, it says there, and I'm up for hiring. You know, some people, they like to do that. When they have people over, they like to flex, they like to have a, like an exotic chef, because here, I'm pretty fucking exotic around here, you know? Exotic guy. Uh, so they like to have a chef in their backyard, flipping burgers and smiling for their little fucking uh, boomerang that they're gonna put on their Instagram story, you know? That's fun. I like to do that. So yeah, I put uh, I, I put my profile up as chef, just so they know. But all this to say that when I had my account private, I like to play this game where I'm like going around surfing on Instagram, you know, and then I see someone from my high school and they have a private account too. And my game is I ask to follow them. And, you know, sure, some people, they're cool or they used to like you or whatever and they just accept it straight away. 
And then, yeah, you just, they, they ask to follow you back and you do. Maybe you guys change some DM. Hey, how you doing? How's it been? Blah, blah. And there you go. But also, sometimes what some people do is they don't accept your follower, follower request, but they ask to follow you. You know? What the fuck is that? So what I do is I don't accept them and I cancel my request and I ask again until they accept it, you know? Because it takes two to fucking tango. And usually these people, they just want, they're just trying to see if you're doing better than them because that's all we do, right? That's why you're on the fucking internet, you know? You're just trying to flex on everybody else. And I get it. But usually they end up accepting me before I accept them. Because I'm very good at this game. And then I get to see. Usually is that girl that used to be hot. But now she's there stuck with two fucking kids. And a lot of relationship kilos to lose. From the times that she used to be happy with her baby daddy. They had red flags all over him, you know. But when you're in love, you're in love, you know. Like, you don't see those kind of things. Why Why would you? You don't see those kind of things. So there she is, fucking. And usually, you know, it's CrossFit. These bitches, they all do CrossFit, right? So you see, she has like extra eight kilos on her. It, it didn't go to flattering places. But she's there doing CrossFit, you know, at least for two months until she has a fucking knee injury or something. Uh, and that's something that I I really feel good about when I see stuff like that. It's, you know, and I know all of you feel the same. You just feel that warm feeling in your belly. Like, ah. And then after you see everything, what do you do? Or at least if you want to play this game right, what do you do to make these people? But the thing is, you don't do this to be hateful. You do this to help these people improving. Because I had some extra kilos not so long ago too. Because I was a chef and I was drinking a lot and not exercising at all. But what do you do if you really want to su succeed at this game? You have to. After you go through and you analyze all their life, you press unfollow and you accept their request. And I don't know, I'm just sharing with you guys, I love doing that. I love it. It's, uh, it's a shame I can't do that because when you have a business account, you can't turn private. So it's very nice. Uh, it's a very nice game. If you have a private Instagram account, I highly advise you to do that it's going to change your life it's going to change your perspective of the world and people are going to be wondering like oh fuck why did he unfollow me or why did she unfollow me it gives them something to think you know to think about the right things
because people don't really think about the right things. I don't know. This might be a very dark side of me, you know. Um, or maybe everybody is like that. Like, I don't feel like that at all times. I'm not a terrible person. But uh, I feel like I'm... I think about it in a healthy way. Like, I see... The thing is, I recognize these behaviors in myself. You know, when I catch myself saying some or acting wild like that, I know what I'm doing and I'm like, okay, this is a bit wrong, but fuck it, you know. I just allow myself to do it. Uh, but the thing is, there's people out there that don't really recognize those behaviors in themselves, you know. I have some guys, some friends from back home, again, back home, uh, that really concern me, you know. Guys that, they're the popular guys, they pull a lot of bitches, they, they're good, but, you know, they're not doing that good in life, and they're just posting, like, I saw this guy, and, uh, uh, and this is the reason why I don't advertise this podcast on my personal Instagram, because I don't really want to, <laughs> I don't want people to get their feelings hurt, you know. But I saw this guy, he was flexing on his father-in-law's car saying, yo, life is treating me well and shit. I think that's wrong. Uh, I saw this other guy that went on a vacation, p completely paid for his go by his girlfriend, and he had the fucking nerves to make like an Insta story, right? He's riding one of these, um, like these dirt cars, you know, it's like, uh, how the fuck is an ATV that's called? He's not, he's not a, quad, a quad bike, he's, like, he's a car, he has a steering wheel, it's two seats next to each other. I don't know the name, you can comment there. Um, and he's driving one and he's like, life is good or something. They always have some corny shit to say, life is good or whatever. And then he's posting another one from his passenger seat with his girl driving, and he, sa he wrote like, uh, I gotta let her have some fun too, you know? Like, as if you're letting her do anything, she's letting you, dickhead, you know? When you know that guy has nothing to his name, and he's just there with some girl that uh, uh, whose family has some money because she never worked in her life either, and he's there acting like he's allowing her to do anything, you know? I do some pretty ridiculous shit myself, but... Some people, they're unaware. That's what I'm trying to get. I think people are fucking sick. That's the thing. People are weird. Not us. We good. Me and these 400 people, all of you guys, we good. You know? And by the way, I want to say how much I appreciate. Because nowadays, I... Uh, it's overwhelming. I get into the gym and I can't turn my head without people saying, oh, yeah, man, your, your show it was very cool. Well, I, I, I like that so much. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. And uh, uh, everyone that I know in person, I'm going to have, like, when I print these T-shirts, I'm going to have, like, 20 of them that I'm just going to give away to you guys. It's very cool to see the love, you know? People that usually don't even say hi to me or n never said hi to me before, they're coming like, oh, I saw your episode with Paolo. Fuck, that show was funny. It was really cool, good to watch, blah, blah. I see that most people, they prefer YouTube, which makes me think, why the fuck did I set up lights like this? 
because it's not flattering at all, but... Again, who the fuck am I trying to impress? All I'm trying to say is thank you, guys. It, it uh, really means a lot. It really does mean a lot. I feel I'm loving the process of putting this show out there. Uh, every time you guys share on your Instagram story and tag the page, every time you like a video or comment or whatever, you tell a friend to subscribe, like, it feels so good. It's like, uh, I feel like I'm not doing this for nothing, you know? Um, I like to come here once a week and just put my chest out for you guys. You know, what's going through my mind. Interview some cool people. This week we have Teta from Frontline Academy. Savage guy. I tried to have a more dynamic interview. I'm trying to get rid of the script. I'm trying to ha get, have people to come here and just be comfortable, you know. It's hard though. This is a fucking basement again. But... Teta, I, I could sit here and talk to Teta the whole day, you know. It was, it was very entertaining. He's such a laid-back, cool guy. You can see improvements, like, and I've been told that too, that every week you see a little bit of improvement on the interviews. And, and of course, this will get better. And I know that because of like jujitsu when i started jujitsu i sucked i still suck but i i'm much better now much better now than when i started same as a chef when you start working in the kitchen you you're not good to do much like you 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 barely can fucking peel potatoes but if you put your hours in you're gonna get good at it and that's one of the reasons why i insist on this podcasting so once again thank you guys i'm so humbled by everyone that gives love you know and i have nothing else to say but uh, i'm going on vacation tomorrow so this episode will be out when i'm already on vacation but i'm going to south portugal so i'm taking the camera with me taking one of the mics and i'm gonna have some shit to say you know i'm gonna have some it's gonna be no interview but it's gonna be some nice ranting okay guys watch the interview with eduardo rios aka teta is it okay here yeah yeah i think a little bit closer it's just a little bit closer. My mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's been a long time coming you're yeah. supposed to be here three weeks ago but we never yeah, managed yeah, to yeah. find the time yeah but i mean we're both both busy and yeah finally made time that's it you had who signed there that day that you talked to me yeah right bastard who signed but it's okay it's a love and hate relationship <laughs> yeah he took there. your place but yeah. then now now you're it's here, now you're here. he talked yeah. a little bit shit about you yeah. i'm hoping to Fuck hear a little him. bit shit about him too mm. <laughs> let's go <laughs> <laughs> so man now you were like one of the first guys to bring jiu-jitsu to norway or how did that go no actually there, there was a couple of guys that came before me i think the Bra i think if i'm not wrong the first brazilian guy that came here was uh came in Norway was marcel yoga actually okay he came to norway first and then there was a couple of Swedish guys and, and one guy called Ricard Bolanius. I think that was a guy that actually started everything here. So the first academy was that group that was there in Kringshaw, uh, close to Sung's one. They were training there. And that was, that was the generation that came like uh, John Olive, um, Joachim Hansen, and, and a lot of guys. And also the guys that are my partners today in Frontline Academy, right? Trun Saxenvik, Nick Rubin, Morton. S and some guys are still training there, a couple of guys, and 
And I think that at the time there was a split there for people to try to go a little bit more professional in the sport, if you know what I mean? Mm. And and then these guys took this side to go a little bit more, more professional, move the academy to a better place, try to invest a little bit uh, time and money on that, and yeah, bet on it. So, so I came right after that generation, right? After, okay. after Ricardo Bolenius and, uh, and uh, Marcel Yoga has, be, has been here. Marcel Yoga was working with the guys too and trained a lot of uh, a lot of the, the like guys that became big names in sport, you know, and 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 trained a lot of my 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 partners that became my students afterwards, and and that's it. You were black belt already when yeah, you come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a black belt already. Yeah. You coming from years. from uh, Rio? Yeah. Also Rio. That's oh. it. Rio. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I, I was like the jiu-jitsu environment where you grew up where like i grew up uh, man, how, how was where it i grew up, up man was breathing jiu-jitsu you know uh in, i grew up in baja uh, okay so i grew up actually a couple blocks from uh, gracie baja you know and uh but I, I used to i went to train there a couple of times and so so forth but my actually my grandfather was a huge fan of the graces and the helio and then i think he had some business with helio and and like yeah i was his personal friend because these guys were famous there you know and and at the time and my my grandfather was a businessman and they had a lot of different business so i grew up always listening i always heard him saying that okay brave man is this helio grace you know this skinny guy and he beat up the big guys and these gracie guys and these great jiu-jitsu and, and he used to make fun of my father that my father was more into karate and, and so on and so forth and and one of my uncles my his youngest son used to train a little bit jiu-jitsu when i was a kid and 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 everything try everything train some capoeira train some jiu-jitsu classes and train with him and he was there surfing and by the time i, I grew up was also like gracie bar was close by and 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 uh, Mr. Robson's uh, Gracie, Robson Gracie's house, it was was some blocks from my house here. And the way that the place that we were, we were on the beach, used to go to the beach, uh, was like Ryan, Ralph, and Renzo, they were all around there. And I, as I recall, was like sometimes it was even better to my mother and my father would complain something about it was happening to Mr. Robson or, or something like that, much rather than go to the police because there was not, not even much police there, you know? Yeah. And I've seen so many things, and yeah, with that, uh, with that, uh, on that area there, you know, when I was gr when I was growing up, uh, on the beach, hanging out on the beach and surfing, and my uncle used to know these guys, and, and it was yeah very interesting. So was breathing jujitsu everywhere, you know. For me, it was just something normal, and that's something that I took that uh, when I came here to North, that's when I actually realized that how fortunate I was, you know, yeah. to live in this environment that was so much jiu-jitsu everywhere. Like I would be hanging out with my friends and we'd roll a little bit to talk about some techniques and and you used to walk around and you see hands when Ralph and Robbins or, or, or Ryan was a kid too at the time. Um, a little bit older than me, I was. I used to shit my pants, you know, he used to bully me a lot in the street. But later on, he, he we became like, wouldn't say good friend, but we, 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 we knew each other pretty well. And he was like, to me, he was always a nice, super nice guy, you know, like, um, the same way as Hanzo or, or Ralph. So, so, I mean, and come here and see the guys like working hard, no teacher, just a cup of collar belts and making it happen in the scene. So, and then I, when I came to the academy, I saw some pictures of the guys, f big names fighting as a blue belt at the time. And, and 
actually in a match with some guys that I knew back in Brazil. I see a picture in the academy here in Ori. You know, the girls that were competing there in 2005, um, Devi and Camila, and they were world champions at the time, you know, and 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 coming here and they were fighting with the, with the boys in the tournaments because there were no girls division, because there were no girls, not a lot many, not many girls grappling, you know? Yeah. So it was so crazy for me to see all of that, you know? And then I said, okay, that's, I grew up in a, in a good event from there, but like in early age, I met Libor and then going hanging out in Carson Grace Academy and and get this so close, you know, to be in the, the, in the tournament and then Mr. Hell you come in the tournament to see people competing, see Raleigh Grace fighting, see Royce Grace fighting on the gi and being there because like sometimes your body pick me up after training, before training, say, okay, let's have a coffee or let's like, come, come with me, let's eat something, you know? Yeah. And then be there, sit on the table, me, Carson, uh, Liborio, and maybe Hazel stop by some like, and some big names at the time passing and like, well, now I realize how special the moments were. Yeah, and uh, being, being so heavily involved in martial arts as you grew up, did that help you avoid to get into much mess in your teenage years or did you actually get into some trouble? Nah, I mean, like, I, I believe that's not only martial arts, like, you just keep yourself busy, right? That, mm. That's what it is, you know? Of course, you get some trouble, cocky, you can, you can grapple, you can fight, but it's different at that time any real two you can't mess with anybody like this you know you know kind of you know who you mess with or where you mess with people or like some things happen but nothing very big nothing very very big and at the same time there was there was going to be someone always having your back there or correcting you and like some older guy and like people take care of each other a little bit more or better there in a way you know yeah Their friends in yeah don't you feel that? Don't you feel that when you know there's a risk that you get punched in the face, you got to treat people with a little bit well, more respect? Well, well, of course, of course. But I mean, that, that's one thing that I, once, once I go to, to self-defense courses and things like that, and that's the thing. At the time, that was some trouble there. Like you, you mess with someone your own age and you know that you can grapple them and, and it was pretty normal at the time that almost every day take off your game and then we train and then try to slap each other around, take him down and... and and at the same time, how can I say? I used to train a lot of self-defense, and 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 I mean, not I, I don't like to say old school or new school of jujitsu, but in my mind, when I grew up training jujitsu and and competing jujitsu and fighting jujitsu, for me, jujitsu was just like a fight, but without the punches and kicks, you know. But you have yeah. this imagining all the time that you're trying to neutralize the punches and kicks and things like that. Might be bullshit or whatever, but that's what was in my mind a lot. I got. I mean, <laughs> I got <laughs> fucked up a couple of times, you know, like slapped around and, and just like, for me, it was just lessons, you know? I was just standing the other day to the, to the guys in the academy. I was a blue belt coming up and I was in this tournament and, and as a juvenile, I could fight in the, in, the, in the adult division. And I was in the semifinals on my weight and I, I was stroking the guy from the back. And I started to relax, relax, tap, tap, just tap, relax, talk, talking like this on his ear, right? Yeah. So finished the match, I left just very cocky, went to the final, won the tournament, went to the podium, the guy's in the, on the podium with me. We came down the podium, the guy just pull, pulled me like very gentle, he pulled me to be kind of behind the podium like this, just slapped my face like, you little prick, motherfucker. <laughs> you know, I don't care if you choke me out, but you can't do this, you know, you have to learn how to be a man. I was like, no, but, bam, slap again. I just put my hands out, went to the corner and said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, don't be sorry, just never do this again, motherfucker. You don't know who you're messing with. And like these lessons. They put you in your place. Right? L- that, humble you. 
today people just go out on the internet and just uh, rant or something and put a post like, oh, this guy respect me, you know? Yeah. Good to learn the lesson that way. Yeah. yeah that was much better. That's what I mean. Like, I see the difference when you go out in the club here in Norway or when you out, go out in the club in Lisbon. It's different. Like, if someone goes against you, they say, oh, sorry. Yeah. Here is just people don't give a fuck. Oh, yeah. They they ran you over and they, they don't they don't oh, yeah, care. Oh, yeah, big time. That's that's crazy, man. Because they that's know crazy. that it's rare that yeah, here they're gonna yeah. get yeah. slapped around. One, one time I was uh, I was working with some, some, some. I have someone. One of my students lives in Bergen now, and he came to Bergen to open an academy. He had to do some extra work, so he was working this nightclub, and then we're like hanging out there. I was going to be alone, home alone, and then I said, okay, I'm just gonna work a short shift and we come back home early. So I was there talking to the guys, and then. There's two, two of my students that are there. So one is very strict, very like J. Joe, whatever. And this other guy is so chill, so relaxed. So relaxed. So we had that, there were two guys, and he asked for backup. The two guys wanted to fight, they were making a scene. And then this guy is like a rooster with fever, like 50 kilos, man. Like, then he came, like, yeah, what's up? Uh, and they said, okay, let's, let's take this guy out of here. They said, no, 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 let them go. Come on, guys, fight, boys. Let's go fight. <laughs> and they're like, no, 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 wait. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. I said, no, guys, you're fighting. You guys, guys give me a reason to kick both of you out of here, you know? And just do it. No, no wait, no, but these guys, no. so you're going to fight. No, come on, punch his face. We're like, no, no, wait. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly so, what I mean. That's true. You, you were asking me how did I get in Norway, but you've yeah. been here for, what, 13 years? 13 and years. 13 years. How did, how did you get here Man, all the I way from here? I don't know. Uh, I never wanted to leave Rio, especially like one thing that was that happened was when Liboro left to America to to start American Top Team, right? Uh, and I stayed there in Rio. I never wanted to leave from Rio, right? And I was in good hands. And B Brazilian Top Team was was very good to be training there, to be working there. And I had Murilo Bustamante there too, that took me over his arm, under his arm. Like he was always together with Liboro. He was a really good friend of Liboro, so. I had Murilo Bustamante there helping me a lot and giving me chances to work there in Brazil, the top team with him. Uh, but I never wanted to go from, from Rio, you know, to, to especially to America. I never, was never interested about leaving and moving to America. And I had a kind of, maybe because I had a good life, I just lived two blocks from the beach, surfing all day, training, yeah. school, whatever, right? Uh, making it happen, you know, somehow there. And in 2006, and then 2005, one of my best friends, Renato, I don't know if you know him, Benato, the, the, the black belt too there uh, from from the same school that I come from, you know, from the same neighborhood. Okay. So we kind of grew up together and like, he's a Renato Tavares de Moraes. So he moved here in 2005 and I came to visit him after the Europeans in 2006. And I came here to stay for two two weeks and I ended up staying for two two months, more than two months, you know? Oh yeah. And of course, there's a girl involved. Of course, <laughs> of course. a girl. Uh, we're still together today. It's a matter of my, my kids, and and we've been together for that long. And I came here. We I didn't come here to work. So first I came here visiting, traveling. You know that was my. I, I wasn't a time in my life that was just like either I was traveling for surfing, traveling for competing or seminars or training, coaching. You know, just traveling to do things and. And I start to become friends with the people here, you know, the guys that I was talking about, they, they split the club and they and they they were doing this work, you know, and I, I, I look up to that and said, shit, that, that's something that maybe I've never seen that before, you know, that people were just have to work that hard to get some jiu-jitsu yeah. and see how I was helping them and, and, and the way how they helped me to stay here for a little bit longer. And then we became friends first and then they became my students. And then we became training partners, you know, training partners. And, and what I think that what kept me here was 
was of course the support of my girl and and the support these guys gave to me you know I, I never felt that I was stuck here so basically the first couple of years I could go back and forth uh, I, I can't go back and forth as much as I as I want you know the guys can yeah. hold back the academy but I feel like staying more and more and more and suddenly I was like one year without going to Brazil like three months without going to Brazil making shorter trips there instead yeah. of staying there for two three months or one month or just staying there for a couple of weeks and coming back and and basically what I st I love that place and everything but I still have a family and a lot of very very good friends there that try to keep in touch and when I'm there yeah super good but nor is my home too yeah so kind of have two two hometowns almost yeah for sure how, how often do you go to Brazil now as much as I can I've been there this year already the year before that I was there just one time when Jack was fighting there with Thales and uh, I brought my daughter there, just me and my daughter then most to coach Jack. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it was right in my hometown, right in my neighborhood where I grew up. So so I, we were training there in, in my friend's academy and it was super nice, kind of special to go back there with one yeah. guy fighting the UFC there. And with your work that you've been yeah, doing all this of, time. Uh, yeah, yeah, Right? So, but the year, bef the year before, no, I know. I think 2015 I was there three times. And then when the boys fighting the DCC, first I was there uh, early in the, early in the year. And then when the boys fighting the DCC, and then I went there at the end of the year again. And then I spent a couple of years not going there. Then I was there once, and maybe going back there this year. I'm not sure. So whenever I can, we can. Yeah. Right, we just like pack yeah. Why pack wouldn't you? Especially when it's a summer like this here, yeah. make you feel <laughs> like you should be back for sure. Yeah, but I mean the, the weather doesn't bother me that much. Man. Okay. You can't judge it, judge the day by the weather, you know. Yeah, because especially you, you're always stuck in the gym all day, so you well, don't really feel. Well, <laughs> yeah, but of course, you go out, with, man. Not only stuck in the gym, and I try to do as much as I can, you know. Like yeah. That, that's how it is, you know. For sure. Uh, talking about Jack, how did it feel to watch him tap out uh, Hanzo black belt? Not so long. That, that's just work, man. That that's how it is, you know. I, I it doesn't surprise me. Uh, it didn't surprise me because he was pulling that move off. He almost pulled that move in the in the Talis Lich fight there. And Talis uh, is a super nice guy. I I fought him before. You know, I've been competing him before with him before, and he was super nice before, during, and after the match. Uh, after right after the match, he was like, "Are you okay, man? Are you okay?" Because he was in pain, crying. So he was asking Jack if he was okay after Jack beat him you know yeah um but i mean we've been working there for eight nine years with jack maybe and um it's it was just about time but that, that guy's put in so much work and when he lost the other matches there in brazil uh he just came back right straight to the mat working harder working smarter making this happen and and i mean it is what it is today you know and and like He's still like, one thing that I told the guys, you know, like, between that match and Jacare's match, uh, Jacare's match, there was a day that came earlier to the academy, and he was there kind of fixing, he was fixing the, the, the toilet, he was fixing the bathroom, there are things in the bathroom. Yeah. And like a lot of people that, they're not on his position, you know, you know, they just walk in, they just drop the sweatshirts everywhere, yeah. like that, you know? That's the difference what makes him a champion. Yeah, not, and the other people didn't couldn't reach. People are working there, of course. There's a lot of different factors, but that's one of the reasons, right? That guy never asked for a go found me. <laughs> I don't think he didn't even have a sponsor yet, a good sponsor yet. Yeah, they're working it. Uh, they, he has some sponsors, of course, but um, not what he deserves. I I I believe.
and uh, but he was always like teaching academy, putting the training, working the reception, working the patch up. You know, for some time he had to live in the academy because he didn't have a place to live. And coming back and uh, like I see him just taking the bottles and change the bottles for money to buy some oatmeal to yeah. be able to eat. You know, so I think he, he gives the right value for what he has today. Such a nice guy. I've yeah. seen him a couple times in town and like. It, it, it's always after he wins a fight I see him in town like one two weeks after and I say hey man congrats everything and he is so thankful yeah, you yeah. see it like he's so appreciative he really appreciates that yeah. it's very nice and it, 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 it's nice to have someone like this because all the guys there they look up to him you know so he's a very good example to be followed who, who is the other guys that you're training that you think are coming up next uh, everybody there most of the guys there of course, you have um, Emil Mick that's coming back from some injuries and, and he's putting the work now again. Uh, and I think he has a ma maybe he has a match in September. He's not confirmed yet. So he's been putting in the work. He's there already. He's putting in the work. Uh, they have Elias. I don't even know how to say his last name. It's a weird name, but Elias. He's been working hard and uh, I think he's a very good prospect coming up. People should look up to him. Freaking beast. Working a lot, of course. Kenneth Berg, he's gonna fight now on Tuesday. He's gonna have a fight there. He's being a little bit unfortunate, and with some opponents falling off and and injuries and this and that. But now, now he's on track. He's been putting in the work for a long time too. Uh, he just need the right chance. They have Dada, they have Joachim Tolefson. They have a bunch of guys there that are coming up, that are training, and plus we're building up some guys that are coming uh, from the from the basic MMA classes, right? For the people that they come to the basic MMA classes, intermediate MMA classes, they can be invited to train the professional professional team. So most of the guys, there's just a couple of guys that came, that came from another school to come and train. We have Martin Hamlet, of course, that come from wrestling, that trains there with us when he can, because he lives in Tonsberg, but he's tried to be there as much as possible, especially in training camps, close to fight. But um, most of the majority of the guys there they all came from the the house, you know. They they all build up their their home bread, so I think that gives a different value to to the team that you have now, if with MMA, you know. And you have the MMA, the BJJ. Some some of the the BJJ maybe is gonna be maybe some of the BJJ guys are gonna be interested about migrating to MMA. So you have all the team there already. Some Thai boxers are going to the grappling, grappling. So we keep going there and just kind of getting the fighters there in in the school and and make things happen there. Yeah, because you have a lot of high-level guys, like, uh, uh, as regards to jiu-jitsu, you have a lot of black and brown belts there, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm, yeah. It's such a high level. Like, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. It's hard to say. that. I, I think we have kind of an unusual team right now, you know, because most of the academies that, I mean, 95% of the, the, the people that train jiu-jitsu are not going to be like an avid competitor. You know, people train because they like. People train because they like to hang out in the academy because they like to learn something, something new, right? Like to learn some some new skills and break a sweat and talk shit or or you know some me time, you know, for the guys, you know, right? It can't be yeah. better that you see people train for one and a half hour. They spend one more one and a half hour more naked in the shower, just talking to each other, you know, <laughs> just yeah. to know, right? Just to socialize and. and and everything around that, all the tacky things that you're gonna try to be a better person, you're gonna try to be eat better, you're gonna try to sleep better, or so, yeah, so forth. All that to save yeah, my all life. The, all, uh, yeah, all I this think. shit, right? 
J'ai eu BJJ Lifestyle, man. I'm like, people start to say BJJ Lifestyle, man. I want to spit in their face, man. Punch, poor. Especially a guy like you that grew up with well, BJJ Lifestyle. Put that picture on the bitch, BJJ Lifestyle, man. That's not BJJ Lifestyle, man. Oh, BJJ Lifestyle is cleaning the toilet, nailing the mats, and have to handle these and bills that you pay. That's BJJ Lifestyle, man. Little time with your family and all of that. That's the sacrifice, right? But uh, I don't know because. I don't know, it's because I'm still competing, and 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 uh, and uh, when I came into the into Norway, I was I when I came in Norway, I was competing a lot. So basically, I, I'm not gonna lie, but one thing that I wanted to do is to have training for me, to good training for me. I had a, just a couple of guys; some of the guys could be good training for me, but basically, I have to build up a lot of guys to be good training for me too, you know, and try to train everything. So put the guys to compete and bring go and compete with the guys, and 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 yeah. So I think that's a little bit the culture, but what people don't see is that, and and it comes to a point that people, some people even don't uh, don't like wouldn't like to go to try the academy because they think it's too hardcore academy, you know? Yeah. But this is the other way around. They have the could build up a program that that you can. I mean, jujitsu is all these stacking corny things that people say but if you guys want to compete is the guy that's brave he wants to come to to test himself or he wants experience he wants to focus on something try to learn and and, and yeah i can keep going forever talking about the subject but but what people don't see is that you have like usain alex static chico andreas you can i can say hundreds of names here right but for each one of these guys i might have at least a dozen of guys dozen guys that beat the crap out of them you know and they're yeah. not competing. They are like family guys, or, or or like they work all day. The teachers, firefighters, whatever. But they go there and they put in the work. They train, right? Yeah. And they learn. And they they might be the same level. They can be a different level, or or even if they don't beat the crap out beat the crap out of them, they can give them a good round. And these competitors, guys, I don't want this. You see, I don't want to see to have these competitor guys taking the chance of the other people that don't want to compete to train. Yeah. So they need to adapt to that training. So if you go there, you're not going to get your, your ass kicked. Right? They're going to understand, okay, as hard as they know who they can go hard with, maybe take some time to understand. Maybe you're going to get a little bit more comfortable. You start to get, yeah. can go harder and harder and harder with the guy. And I, I make them understand that's their responsibility since they are kind of their responsibility to take care of you in a way. And, Take care of your training, the training partners, because it's not about. I mean, it's not only about the medals and the the titles and things like that. And I have bags of medals and trophies there, full of dust. And and I think my one of my yeah one thing that I that I like to say is that I I never had any big injury injury. And and I I noticed that when people say glorious glorious forever pain is temporary. Oh my God, let's get fucked up like until a certain point, right? Gets to a point that turns around. Glory is temporary, man. Nobody yeah. gives a fuck about what I did, what I've done much, you know? They don't care. They see what's next coming. Not even I care so much. You know, it's always what's next. But I mean, the pain, the sacrifice that you make, that stays, man. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's how it is. For sure. And how, 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 um, how important you think it is for someone that just wants Jiu-Jitsu as a hobby? Uh, how important do you think it is for them to compete if it's important at all? I mean, I, I, I don't think it's important. I always recommend because I love it. Okay. I love it and I say, guys, go there, give it a try at least once, you know. 
at least once from time to time you're good man you you can do good you know you train you put in the work you know it's, it's not only that it's also the the sometimes there are people that you see their training almost like the guys that are going to the world because they want to help them you know they want to be good they know the training is going to be good you know so just go there and try you know you don't have to do it i i I'll tell them to do it because i love i still love to do it you know i still gonna go out there as as until i you know until i can handle it so i still gonna i, I love it and i tell guys try one time you know make a trip with the guys dedicate just to sacrifice some things dedicate a little bit try to learn something the worst thing that's gonna happen there you're gonna lose your match that's the worst. that's not what you want to happen the yeah. worst thing that's gonna happen you're gonna lose your match you know and then you but you see what you have on you and then you can understand okay i could have done better no that's not for me i can work work harder or i worked enough that was better than me you know i did what i could do so there's so many things that you that you can take out of it you know because if you look at it if you just think like in the pessimist eyes man there's only downsides for you to go compete you're gonna spend your time training maybe get injured you know you're gonna get tired you have to diet make weight yeah. and like sacrifice a lot of time and you're gonna spend money to travel and you're nervous like hell in the day you know you don't know if you're gonna pass the first match and then you fight hard you get all tired and spend money maybe you spend some of the holidays see people taking some days of the holiday they just travel to a tournament yeah. because of work and this and that if you see like this there's only downside downside so i really appreciate when people even take the the make the decision to go to a competition you see so that's why when there's a competition right here on the on the on our yard right yeah the backyard i i, I recommend okay guys just give it a try i you know the worst thing that's gonna happen you're gonna lose you lose your match or if it's not for you just go there watch a little bit see if you feel this this fire just help your friends or whatever you know but i if you have to do it oh, you don't have to do it yeah but you might learn something about oh, yeah. yourself even yeah? Oh, yeah so are you into any um, winter activities here in norway are you like a viking guy <laughs> oh we try a little bit and and like yeah since i grew up surfing i like to snowboard uh just chill and just chill snowboard nothing crazy but but uh yeah uh, when i came here i had uh three partners is uh tron saxenvik morton josephson and nick rubin right nick has academy in drumming drumming morton is uh he's teaching there with me here in, in oslo right is a is a, a fundamental key there in the academy with me and uh and uh tron saxenvik tron saxenvik was a guy that really i think think it was it was the first black belt in norway first Norwegian black belt in Jiu-Jitsu, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, fought so much, won the European DCC many years ago when we were training together, and then he went to the DCC in Barcelona at the time. He was beyond fighting, but he, he's that crazy guy, man. He's a crazy guy that, I think that guy injured so many people in the academy, you know, because <laughs> he's so reckless, and and, yeah. and like, nowadays if I see someone hurting his hand, his wrist is like, I just asked, was it true? Yeah, it was true. <laughs> he loves wrist locks, you know? Like, yeah. you, you pretend he's dead and it <laughs> he, he <laughs> goes all the but, way. But he doesn't mean it. Yeah. That's the thing. That's the thing. So, and, and he thinks that he's like, okay, there's so many crazy stories about him. But there was one day that came one guy, like, with his wrist bent and, like, oh, my hand, my hand. And he was trying to say, oh, fix. <laughs> so he got up and said, okay, let me see. So the hand was falling down, limping. And just pinched the guy, the guy's uh, belly, and twisted. Look, now first he said, "Look that way." So he looked to the other side, pinched and twisted really hard, and he just pulled his hand like a motherfucker. Bam! 
And he, okay, that's good. Just tap his shoulder. Okay, go. Let's fucking step it. <laughs> and then the guy broke his hand in three pieces and, and, uh, and had need surgery and things like that. So uh. I just go back and train and things like that. But and then living with him, like working with him, he's my, I think he's the first friend that I ever made, the first friend that I ever made here in Norway, right? That's yeah. one of the big reasons, huge support that I had from him since I came to Norway. So he's so reckless that, okay, his shoulder doesn't, he can't raise his arm properly because his shoulder is bad. He had two surgery, one surgery on his back. He's still feeling his back. The knee's fucked up. The foot's fucked up. One time he broke his leg, both bones on the leg and the shin bone, right? He broke it doing judo. He came back too early. Uh, and then a guy just grabbed in the foot lock and he, he cranked it again. Uh, and then we called the ambulance. So we said, okay, guys, come on. Just put that in place. No, no, throw, man. I gotta, I'm going <laughs> to call the ambulance. So the ambulance came and they came this, this, this little girl, this little Norwegian girl. And then she just like, no, I'm going to give this uh, anesthetic. She said, no, 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 just, just pull it. Just pull it. It took like a mammon. And like, but I mean, then I see that how he really doesn't care about his body that much, you know? He just like eats some pizza or some sausages and go training and, and like big businessman, like very successful in every area and like just a reckless. savage. Yeah. <laughs> He's that guy, man. If you, that guy has stories to tell, I'll tell you this. So, so we're like, okay, Trun is a nice guy. And me and Renato and I, like, he's a good friend of us. Like, I can help us a lot. So he said, okay, let's, you guys are bored in the winter. You know, I've been in the military for 10 years, special forces. I said, okay, special forces, 10 years. Here he comes. <laughs> so he came to his house. There was three backpacks, you know, one small backpack and two backpacks. Okay, this is 45 kilos, this is 40 kilos, 40 kilos. I said, okay, and the last one. I know, I don't know, the last one is small, but that's mine. You guys have the other one. So who's gonna get the 45, who's gonna get the 40? <laughs> okay, we decided, bam. So we bought new skis, and this is uh, cross-country skis, you know? Yeah. You're gonna go uh, sleep in a snow hole. I said, okay. We do this all the time in the military. But I said, okay, Renat, man, fuck, what you gonna do, man? I sleep in the freaking snow hole. Come from the beach in Rio to the snow hole. What, what, what's going on, man? And I no, it's okay, he's, he's, the guys here in the military, they do this. And then he was in the other room, and I said, okay, Tron, can I use your, your computer? And then I said, and I said, can I use a computer? Computer, I said, yeah. Then he touched the, the mouse from the screensaver. <laughs> and I said, Teta, Teta, look, look, see so what? It was on YouTube, how to do a snow hole. <laughs> I said, man, fuck, we're gonna die, man. She told what is this? No, no, just to remind me some things, but um, I know how to do it, we've done that before. I said, man, fuck, what you gonna do? So, it was a terrible trip. We can't, we can't go on the skis, you know? We, the snow was bad, 40 kilos in our back. Took half of the day to take like a 10 minute walk, which took half a day. And then we made the snow holes, everything was nice. I was freezing to death. Uh, but the guys were hanging there. He almost couldn't light the fire. And then came Renato's brother with, the, with another Norwegian guy, drunk. So the guy was trying to smoke cigarettes into the snow hole and they threw had to kick him out. That was just like, that was an adventure. <laughs> you know, and then after that, I never tried to sleep in a snow hole again. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, we sleep in the, in the woods or something like that, but... Need to see some proof of value yeah, actually been building some that's snow. Like, that's, that's sick. That's Norwegians are like, yeah. But, but that's what's nice to be here. You know, it's so different from what I lived. So that's what, I mean, that's why I don't bother in the snow or, or yeah, when it's cold. It's bad when it starts to get dark and gray and rainy and yeah. it's not as cold to to snow and it's not warm to uh, whatever. Because they're uh, busy, yeah? Yeah, just, yeah. But in the beginning it was hard. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't that busy, you know? Yeah. Uh, 
and I've been to some to some hard times. Uh, was not that hard, but a l little bit hard that it was like with the change, you change the weather and things like that. You know, once I realized what happened, I just changed the, the mindset and, and like, for example, first thing that happened was that I realized that every time that I came to the camp, I came, in, came at any place and people knew that I was from Brazil or heard that I was from Brazil. Uh, uh, he, people were like, yeah, what the fuck are you doing here? So bad weather. I don't know. So like, oh, it's cool. First thing that people would tell, tell me was how bad the weather was, right? Yeah. I say, guys, listen, I chose to be here. You guys were born here. There's nothing we can do about it. You know that. So let's stop complaining about yeah. it. <laughs> Once I bought some wool socks and some nice jacket and nice, nice shoes, we good. Ch life changed. You know, so, so what, like, yeah, and then we start to have fun, like me and Renato, Renato, this guy too, he should be here with me. Anyway. <laughs> so when we used to, throw, used to throw some parties on his house sometime, you know, everybody, me and my girl and everybody. So, but Truth like trying to make us home, trying to make us feel home. So he told all his, all his friends about, you know, these two Brazilian guys that he <laughs> fighting, training jiu-jitsu and this and this and that. So we got to the part of the businessman or whatever. So people knew who we were, you know? But they say, Hanat, shit, man, all over again. People just want to talk about Jiu-Jitsu. They want to ask what Jiu-Jitsu is, is like Capoeira, or like this, or how is it, uh, can you kick my ass, or are you dangerous? And all yeah. this shit, you know, that people always ask when you, in the beginning, when people didn't know anything about Jiu-Jitsu or grappling here. So one time I saw Hanat, me and Hanat was like, and then I said, okay, what you guys doing? And Hanat like, they know that we do Jiu-Jitsu, right? So he said, you know Zumba? You know the Zumba classes, so that's serious. Like, you know, I we brought Zumba here to Nori. You know, we 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 trying to bring these and try to make it personal, uh, more professional, and this. Is, so he, he makes up the whole story, and there's a group of girls talking to him, and he's telling the girls to go to this class like six, a quarter past six in the morning in this gym. So yeah. he made up a story, and then they're like, yeah. And then he starts to dance because he's a good dancer. He starts to dance, and people try to follow him, and the dance moves into his apartment, blah blah. blah. So. And then and truly he wants to be the tough guy, right? No, you guys fight. No, we don't fight. We <laughs> dance, blah, blah, blah. I said, no, my, I can't dance because of my, I can't dance for shit. So I just blame my knee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, anyway. And then there was one time that Tron said, guys, listen, you guys have to stop with this shoe Zumba shit. Right? You guys are embarrassing. <laughs> embarrassing, yeah. Right? That's it. <laughs> and then we were talking to his friends and everybody was sitting was in the beginning of the party, maybe 10, 12, 15 guys. And then people sit in the sofa. And... Uh, People say, ah, but what you doing here? Why do you come to Nori? And he, again, that serious, he, he, no hesitation, said, I'm a porn star. <laughs> I'm a porn star and I came here. And then people start to laugh and then he turns to me, can you see? Can you see? That's why I don't tell what we do. And then he lives and he leaves me Offended. alone. There, he leaves me alone there with, the, with these, you know, <laughs> and I have to go ahead. I'm like, this guy is come, coming after the big bucks, big bucks and like yeah. whatever it takes. And like, he comes back and trying to keep it up all night with that. You know? So he, he's a crazy character, you know? Uh, like we and I when I came here I, I promoted him to the brown, to the black belt uh, in 2006 when we were, fighting, and we were fighting the Europeans you know he was living here already he was a brown belt he was training we met the Europeans in, in, in January in Lisbon and at the time you could ch change your your weight class or belt or whatever we could fix things there the day before so the day before I said okay I was in the middleweight he was medium heavy and then, and then I said, okay, Renato, here, here's a black belt to fight in the medium heavy, and uh, we close this bracket this year. I said, what? What's okay? Yeah, boom. I talked to the body. We, 
you because Liboire have left already and he was training with me. Anyway, talked to Liboire, so we promote him there, everybody clapping his gymnasium, then we put the name there. Actually he stopped in the semifinals and I went all the way to the final on that year. And uh, and uh, two thousand six, yeah, my first European title. So we go back and forth all the time and we when we I always bring in the beginning he was just a rec recent black belt and I had the black belt for some years, I kind of had the name. Uh, I been to, uh, I was in a, there was a Swedish TV show that went to Brazil, you know, and, and they met me there and I got friends with the guys and the guys put my nickname of Ben Stiller. So when I was going there to walk around Sweden to seminars, they called me Ben Stiller at the time because I used to look <laughs> like Ben Stiller or whatever, without the beard. So I always travel with Hanat and, and like, the, the seminars when Renato is with me in the seminars is almost like a comedy show, right? We keep uh, bullying each other all the time, making fun of each other. So we were in Sweden one time, a couple of years ago, and it was a huge seminar, hundreds of people, maybe a little bit more than 100 people, anyway. And uh, we were making fun of each other, and he was going hard on me, you know? And and people start to be a, feel a little bit awkward with our jokes, and they're very political correct there, and this and yeah, yeah, Sweden yeah. too, you know? So there was a lot of new guys here, and I said to guys, guys, you know that Tanat is my brother, you know. Uh, I love him to death, and and we grew up together. But we have to address the elephant in the room. <laughs> he needs to shut up. But I, I, I'm, you guys, if you, you guys are like family to me, so you guys are gonna support me. This Tanat, I have to tell you something. He was sitting there with people. Say Tanat, man, you black. <laughs> they start to look at his hands and everybody like because you can't say about race there, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah, the yeah. Group, you know, yeah. the black man. Shut the fuck up! And they're like, he start to look at his hands like, we didn't, we didn't say anything before. I said, he start to look at, him, say, shit. Now everything makes sense. So <laughs> <laughs> people wanted to laugh. So people didn't want to put their face and like. So you're you're both are masters of making people just uncomfortable around you. Nah, uh, make them laugh. You know, make them. But that day was that that day was a good day. You know. Yeah, there was a good day with all of these that like, Sweden so much about uh, gender and race and yeah, yeah, this yeah. and that, you know. So, I mean, then in the end of the seminar, I just said, "No, guys, I'm Brazilian. I can say whatever I want." I'm yeah. Swedish, you know. So, uh, yeah, he knows. Like, he knows I love him anyway, even though he's black. <laughs> <laughs> and that guy, he, he grew up with you there in uh, basically. Bahama. Basically, he, he, we grew up like we know each other since we were 14 in training and under Libor and all of that. He's a good friend and good friend of my family, good friend of my mother. I used to, he's kind of lazy, not kind of lazy, I'm joking, but sometimes I would come back from training or go to the beach and he's sitting in my house with my mother eating cake and watching <laughs> soap opera, you know, drinking coffee, <laughs> like, hey, fuck, <laughs> <laughs> that's cake, <laughs> let's go, let's train, yeah, I'm ready, let's go, <laughs> so he used to eat breakfast in his house, go have breakfast with my mother when I was doing school or something like that, then we used to go train. Yeah, man, it's always nice to know these uh, old school stories. And I like to bring that out, not only for me, but for everyone, because I think people are too worried now to see who makes the meanest acai bowl and fucking who, who, who turns vegan and who well, buys the fanciest ghee and everything. But I think these old school stories that you guys can bring to the, the table the from day, Brazil. In the end of the day, like, people are people, right? People just want to show off and, like... I, I don't know what to say about it, you know, that's, I think people are going to figure out, I think these things is shifting a little bit, these things going to start to pass. Okay. Don't you think so? Because where does it going to take, man? Just we see who's more fragile than the other. Yeah, that I think, yeah, I think people are starting to realize how ridiculous some of this shit is. It's going to pass, man, like, 
just feel like more f- the more fragile the better you know like uh, for, for for me it's hard to relate you know with all these uh uh, depression and sadness and loneliness. You it, know? It, it exists though, but people I, I, are I, trying to make it seem like it's the norm and it's cool to have it. I know, I know, I know, but I, that's what I'm saying. I cannot relate. I know people that genuinely, like, they real feel like this, you know, but I, I, I can't understand. I, I just can't understand, you know, so that's why sometimes I say, ah, come on, just come and train and, and, and now I see how hard it is for these people to actually yeah. Get out of bed, get out of the house, get out of the door, come and train, you know? So, I'd be actually like, I mean, how can I say? I wish I could do something, but I don't know if you see my last f- match in Polaris, you know? Just uh, just give a shout out to a good friend of mine that, like, very skilled, a beast, you know, in, in different senses, but he didn't feel like going training, he didn't feel like doing that, he didn't feel like doing this, you know? I mean, man. For everybody that don't feel like doing anything and just get out there, you know, just just I was there, just basically dedicating that fight to him and to anybody that you know feeling like this. You know that you just get out there, give it a try, fuck it up or or make it happen, you know, just go out there and give it a try, you know, just just live for fuck's sake. Yeah, get 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 something done. I think uh, it's you gotta stay busy for sure. Yeah, like, like you say in Brazil, right? The, the empty mind is the is a workshop of the devil, you know. Yeah, yeah that's a good one. But I, I, like you, you are you've been living out of your hometown, out of your country, far from your friends, far from your family. You felt down for sure. Oh, I've, yeah. I've felt down. I've been through terrible times here, especially not being used to such dark winters and everything. And you, but if you keep going down that hole, but I mean, it's it's, it's, it's terrible, hard compared to what, man, you know. Yeah. like fucking a lot of war people getting shot and bombed and hungry and you're gonna complain that you have to pay too much tax for sure I think it's selfish though and right. it's just lack of being busy well, yeah. lack of doing work time, making big something time, happen big time. big time and do you also I'm gonna start asking this question all the time do you think there's more than two genders well if there's more than two genders man to be honest I don't care, man. If there's more, there's not more. I know what I am, and I, I hope you know what you are. And but I, it's what I think is male and female, right? Yeah. Other than that, what you feel like, it's up to you. It's not up to me. You know, yeah. To say. So it's male and female. Uh, it's just good to your perspectives, is, you know? of course, of course. Oh, uh, I mean, why, why, why people even talk about it? You know, yeah. <laughs> why should I care about? It's not that I don't care, but uh, uh, okay. So that's, that's the story about gen- about gays or whatever, you know. Okay. Man, I don't care, you know. If you like dicks or if you don't like dicks, you know, it's not my problem. I don't like. Man, I wish I could. I wish I liked. You know, I have so many because uh, would solve so many problems in my life. Yeah, that oh, that's been my perspective shit, all along. All if along. I was brave enough to put a dick in my mouth. <laughs> <it's> so, so <laughs> not brave. That's but what I've been saying. I, I was going to. I was going to. I was going to Croatia one time to a to a summer camp, yeah, to a to a jiu-jitsu training camp. So I was in the in the plane and and there was a couple, very happy guy, two guys, very happy, you know, and they were basically they're trying to shock, you know. Uh. But anyway, the two guys, very happy, bam, and they were trying to maybe they're trying to shock a little bit they're just happy and they were kind of like <laughs> they're boyfriends a couple whatever yeah they're proud of what they are whatever, whatever. so was in the plane and then I was in the seat on the side and they're like oh uh, it's better if you stop because uh, he's feeling he's I think he's feeling he's a little bit angry he looked mad he looked mean blah, blah, blah. so no no just on I just mind my own business you know like 
whatever it is, you know. I mean, it would be bad if it was a boy and a girl too, like you know. Yeah. Yeah. Too, yeah. Too much, you know. It's not about being two two guys or two girls or whatever. You know, it's about common sense, you know. Anyway. No, because then they they kept insisting, like trying to mention something, saying that I was that I look mean or that I look mad or whatever. You know, I say, guys, listen, if you know what I do every day for my life. Right, I had so much more dicks and balls in my forehead and my hand and grabbing every day, you know, people rubbing their dicks on my back or whatever. And both of you combined. They both never had in your life. You know, they're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> they're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what you doing there? Oh, I don't know. And they're like. And they were like, yeah, I do it, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And then they broke out, they start to laugh. They calmed down a little bit. And I said, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, we grapple, we, we wrestling, you know, kind of wrestling. And then one of them said, yeah, I used to wrestle when I was a kid. And the one looked, okay, did you? Like, did you even know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think every boy should wrestle. And they were like, what? And the other one said, what? Yeah, yeah, I think that's when I found out I was a gay. <laughs> so if you're not gay right now, <laughs> probably. <laughs> you're never going to be. Gonna be. <laughs> so I was like, okay. <laughs> I like to ask If people. they only knew, man, how many dicks I've been grabbing my life, or how many guys I've been dragging, grabbing, uh, yeah. grabbing my dick and smashing your balls. balls. Yeah, 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 for sure. Fucking 50 50 game that you have your, <laughs> your guys' balls and your tie and <laughs> shit. Yeah, I feel like I, I, I would gotta be a keep addressing. I'd be much happier, man, if I like that. You know? <laughs> for sure. You could be with your homie all the time, you know, there's right, no girl drama, you know. You're sad, you just play some video game, <laughs> play some PlayStation. <laughs> That's what I've been oh. saying. I feel like I should address this all the time because <laughs> with some jokes I make and some stuff, people think like I uh, might be yeah, homophobic well, what or humor? whatever. Why do you have these dark arts kind of humor, you know? <laughs> or what's, the, what's the point? You know, you're just trying to shock or think it's funny and you want to share and... Yeah, it's it's my type of humor, and it's a lot of people's type of humor, and yeah, it's like yeah, it's uh, pretty, it's pretty funny. <laughs> sometimes it's hard to like uh, expand it because nobody want to share that that's their type of humor. Yeah. You know, it's like it's but but I feel like sometimes I get accused. I feel no, I've been accused of being like uh, homophobic or having being like uh, it's just a joke, right? This making this like patriarchal culture, you know, that men are better than women or whatever. When at the end of the day, it's but just do you jokes. You know. No, I think women women are so superior to us, man. And they're badasses, man. They, we have no chance against them. No man. chance. Mental games, no nothing. When you go, when you, you want to hit on a girl or something like that, you know, you're not hit, you're not getting the girl, man. She knows who you are. Yeah, she's, yeah, she's 50 steps ahead That's of you. That's it, man. That's how it is, you know. All respect, you know, and like... I mean, but the same way they have might have their internal jokes there, you know, like yeah, they do. They're worse. Course, They're worse. They, they should be. <laughs> <laughs> Just because they yeah, when they have us in the palm of uh, their oh, hands, like they do, they should be. Fuck, that's how it is. Brother, you have any projects that you want to put out there? Anything where people can find you? People can find me, man. I mean, they can all day. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've been working a little bit more, trying to organize a little bit more my my gear brand, right? The the Rios gear and putting out some try to go to some very good uh, quality top quality gear and try to work a little bit more with it uh, so and now it's just busy man with jiu-jitsu and, and the guys and mma guys and and all of that and try to make the team grow a little bit more right because the frontline academy <coughs> all the academies that we have uh they're black belts direct under me you know people cannot buy the by the name or whatever to use you see so all the frontline academies that you find they are black belts direct enemy 
it's taking some time, but but uh, I mean, I, I I want it to be something natural that the team would grow, not that people would want to represent and have no connection. And you know, for example, the guys in Sweden, the guy got together with one of my my girl, my black belts, Heidi, and Christian. He's uh, he's uh, he started training with me as a purple belt and coming to Norway and going to he wanted to represent frontline. And then he started. He spent like maybe five, six years training under me before he actually got the name. Uh, and then I promoted him to the brown belt. Was still fighting for his academy. And then to the black belt. So after he got the black belt, then we had this relation going back and forth. I was signing for his papers and all of that. Um, so and then he became frontline. So projects that just work as much as I can, man. I try to try to help the jiu-jitsu community here. Uh, here, in like. I mean that's what I do, man. I I train, I, I train people, I train myself, I compete, I go out to teach seminars and summer camps and and all of that. And and are you gonna travel soon within uh, Europe for seminars? For seminars, right now, just I think I only have this uh, summer camp in Sweden in Naka. <coughs> Sorry, in Naka, Sweden. I have this summer camp, the Naka Dojo, the Dynamics. It's a big team there. I've been helping them for several years, and every year I'm there. And I think this is going to be Alec Baldi and uh, John Thomas. They're going to be there teaching too. So it's always like a great experience to be there. And, and it's a pleasure to be with some. I've been working with John Thomas. You know who it is? Mm, John nope. Thomas, Jonathan Thomas. He's in Gothenburg from Valhalla Academy. Man, the guy is a, he's a the monster. He's a beast, man. He, the way he teaches all the techniques and all of that, super nice to see, you know. And, and he knows so much. Super technical, you know. I'm more like a crazy. I say, guys, let's do this and that, and like go with my Brazilian and start to go hard on the bones. People don't understand. I say, I start the same. I say, guys, listen, I don't speak Swedish. I don't speak Norwegian. I don't speak English. I don't speak Portuguese. I make my own language. I'm gonna start talk shit here. I mean something. If you don't understand, just let me know. I try to, I try to explain to you to you again. You know, so, so, yeah, and, and I think it's nice to keep the balance there because I, I like to work with him a lot. Mm, he's from a different team, but. But uh, yeah, the guy's a beast. So from there, and then like some holidays with families, and 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 just waiting to see what's going on, waiting to see whatever it takes, and I, whatever next opportunity I have, I have to travel. I I love to do it and and compete and teach whatever. So cool. Yeah, and 100 percent dedicated to the to Frontline Academy here, giving them all the support. You know that's. That's why I was spending most of my time. Most spend most of my more time there than with my family. That's maybe that's why it was hard to, to, to find time to to come here because either I'm there or with my family because soon very very soon I'm gonna be traveling again. So it's some days. Yeah, so you're you trying know, to take so the best as you can. Yeah, and so yeah, I gotta show up and train with you guys anytime. So anytime. you guys kick my ass. Why anybody? Man, anybody that feel that training there is too hard, just give it a try. It's not it's not that hard, you know. Like uh, again, as I said. Uh, Ten o'clock, we have the either I'm training the MMA guys or or we have the comp some competition class. Uh, Ten o'clock with the Gija only color belts and we basically just it's one hour drilling, good drilling, and then one hour we put four, five, six rounds, good rounds, and we're done. And then there's a class every day at twelve for everybody mixed 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 uh, belts and uh, five thirty. Five thirty start the advancing classes, so we separate the white belts from the color belts. And then from seven, there's a class for everybody. So you have a more than one opportunity a day to, to, to go there and give it a try. 
So what he's saying pretty much is you guys can go the first class, they're gonna go soft on you and then they start killing you they from the second down. one. Yeah. <laughs> as long as you like <laughs> as long as you show the prick that you are, you know, <laughs> as soon as you show that, it's all home. Yeah. That's it. Thank you, brother. Thank you no for problem, your time. No problem. Hope okay guys, that was the interview with Teta. Lovely guy. Uh, we're gonna have him again like uh it's like i say every guy that came here is gonna come again in the future you know it's it, it will have to be because those episodes will be even better than this and we have so much to talk me and these guys so we, we we're gonna bring them in not we i gotta stop talking about we because i'm doing this shit by myself i'm gonna bring them of course in the near future again to go through this guys don't forget to follow jits boutique uh follow elite bjj too thanks for all the support if you want to say something to me just slide in the, on the uh, if you want to say something to me just slide in the dms suggestions to the show segments whatever however you like don't bring the negativity though keep it to yourself because there's people actually enjoying so i'm not doing this for people that don't dig it and i really don't need the negativity i was having that discussion with one instagram follower the other day when i put some it was like such a light joke that i put on story and the guy just came like really offensive it was like yeah what a fucking stale shit joke something like that and i just uh, I felt stupid because I, get, I entertained that guy for a little bit and then I ended up blocking him. But the truth is, guys, if you have nothing nice to say, say nothing at all. You know, the world would be a much better place if everyone would do like that. So if you're going to have some shit to say, that's not to improve, to help improve or to, to show support, to show love. Just hit on follow, you know, don't, I don't need to know your opinion, you know, I don't need your negativity in my day. So keep it to yourself. Uh, but if you do think like, hey, why, why don't you try putting the lights there or what? Because I don't know shit about video, you know, I, I can cook a mean steak, but I don't know shit about all this stuff. So if you have some suggestions about how can, how can I improve this? Uh, how can I set up the interview better or finish the episode better, whatever. I'm here for you, okay? Thanks a lot, guys. See you next week. Oh. Me up on Instagram, dark art memes, and I'm like, bro, that's my boy, he called me today.